Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of Crunch Time with Caitlin. This episode is going to be episode number two of the weekly Indians recap. And in this episode, I'm going to bitch about the hitting because we still suck. So, yeah, enjoy. So last week, in episode one, we talked about how the four and two Indians were getting no run support at all. And now the seven and six Indians are still getting zero run support for their excellent pitching. Last week, Shane Bieber was amazing. Against Minnesota, going eight eight shutout innings, tying a record for the most amount of strikeouts in the first two games of a season. It was just simply amazing. You have Clevenger. I think he gave up three or four runs. Um, They were all solo home runs, I think, if I remember correctly. And the Indians lose, I think, four to one. The the lack of run support for Clevenger, I mean, for everybody. I mean, it is just utterly ridiculous at this point. Looking at the stats... Our highest uh, batting average guy, Cesar Hernandez, at 302. Our second best, Jose Ramirez, at 277, who I was singing praise, but Jose Ramirez has gone into, I think, a 0 for 16 slump. Then it's Bradley Zimmer at 240. Then it's Francisco Lindor at 231. Oh my goodness, this is getting ridiculous. Francisco Lindor has had, like, a stupid amount of opportunities to come up clutch in this past week, and he just hasn't. And I was given, like, a screenshot of his stats during, like, clutch times. He's, like, hitting 230. Like, in, I would say, I don't know if it was, like, I don't think it's this year, but I think it's um like the past couple years, two thirty with runners in scoring position. That is a big yikes, a huge yikes, especially for one of the best players in baseball right now, and especially when you're hitting him third. I mean, at this point, you're better off just you know having him lead off, hit, have Hernandez hit second, and then J Ram hit third, I guess. But man. Frankie needs to step it up. I mean, 12 strikeouts already, like, whew. And, you know, he's leading the team in home runs with three. But, man, like, it is just, it is a huge yikes for this team right now. You know, Carlos Santana is hitting 171. I mean, he's walking, he has 11, he has, an, he has 11 walks. But, man, 13 strikeouts. Fran Mill just finally got a home run in Cincinnati in the eighth inning. Uh, to put the Indians ahead. But the Indians were really counting on guys like Santana, Framil, and, and Lindor to, to drive in runs, and they're not even putting the ball in play. You know, Frankie has 12 strikeouts, Santana has 13, but, he, you know, like I said, he walks, so. It is what it is, I guess. And Framil, 15 strikeouts? Like, Jesus. And then Domingo Santana, I don't 
I don't know if he was hurt because he hasn't been in the lineup the past couple of days. Um, but you know he he's tied for second on the team with with seven walks, and it's just and it's just like my goodness, like this is the struggle for the Indians. I mean Jordan Luplo. O for eighteen to start the year. What the hell? This is Oscar Mercado four for thirty three. Sandy Leone, two for twenty one. I mean, it it is utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous the the hitting for this team right now. And I don't know how you I don't know how you fix it when your entire team is in a slump. And especially when, you know, the way the Indians their lineup is constructed, it's to get guys like Hernandez and J Ram on the uh on on base so, you know, Lindor and Santana could and Fran Mill could either hit a home run or get an extra base hit and drive them drive them home. But like they're not even like they have, they have the opportunities, and that's what's that's what sucks. They have the opportunities, and they are just completely shitting the bed right now. And it is, it is tough to watch because, like Shane Bieber in Cincinnati, he was he gave up two solo home runs, and you're like, well, that's it. You know, Clevenger against Minnesota, he gave up what, I think two or three runs in the first two innings, and it's like, oh, oh, that's it. You know, Aaron Savali gives up. I think it was three or four total runs, but they were all like kind of bullshit hits, like a, a foul. Like it was like a foul ball that that should have been caught, but it wasn't, and they extended the inning. And then next thing you know, it was like a, like a single into left field, like a weak. They were weak hits. It's just like, geez, like everything, anything that can go wrong for the Indians has been going wrong, and when you have no goddamn hitting it is I mean it's just like I said it is just extremely tough to watch because the pitching the pitching is has been incredible like I said Shane Bieber 3-0 and with 35 strikeouts in 21 innings he's given up two runs they were both uh they were both home runs you know it it's just Plezak, 0-1. He's given up three total runs. He struck out 17 in 15 innings, and he's only walked one. Uh, Clevenger, Clevenger is really weird because he could strike like even last year in uh, last night's game. He went um, five and two thirds. Didn't give up a run. Um, struck out four, but walked five. Like Clevenger just. He gets a little wild at times, which is why I think he'll never be a like a true ace. Apologies. Because you can't you can't give Clevenger the ball and go, hey, give us seven innings. Because he could always have a game where he walks five and strikes out like ten and he's out in five innings. And we've seen that last year a handful of times with him. You know, Carrasco, he's only given up five runs in two starts. Savali, five runs and two starts, 18 strikeouts. Carrasco, 15 strikeouts. I mean, again, this team has been, the the pitching has been amazing. Um, I still don't like giving Adam Simber run in high leverage situations. 
Um, I I don't trust him. Is Brad Hand back? I mean, he's he's had two perfect saves back to back. Um, it looks like he's got uh, a little bit more velo on his fastball. It's hitting ninety three, ninety four, and then again, like I said, having he has that that slider where he could either drop it in at like seventy nine and kind of loop it in, or he could like break it a little bit more and throw it a little bit harder at like eighty two, and it's basically two different pitches. And when you when you pair those two with a fastball that hits like ninety three, like you, like you're good. But the issue was the first handful of you know the first handful of. Uh, uh, outings for Brad Hand, I mean, he was hitting 91, and you can't have that, not as a closer, and not when you have got someone like James Karachek in the eighth inning, who, I mean, good God, that guy, 10 strikeouts in six and a third of an inning, jeez, and I mean, it sucks that he has, <clears throat> he lost that, uh, that game against Kansas City because of the, you know, the ghost, uh, the ghost runner rule, but it's like, dude, like, 10 strikeouts, and like literally all he throws is that curveball. And you and you gotta sit on it because, you know, he throws that curveball and next thing you know, he he could pop up fastball at ninety eight, ninety nine. And I mean just think of just think of the the bullpen next year with Class A who hopefully he comes back and doesn't have any more um P D issues. But you have Class A in the eighth and Karen Check in the ninth, like whoo, that is I mean yeah, you don't really know where the ball is going at times, but hey, guess what? Neither does the hitter. And sometimes that's all you need. That's that's why I think at times Clevenger is actually effective because, you know, he's a little he's effectively wild at times, which is why, you know, he'll have games where he'll strike out 10 and he'll walk like 3 or 4 and it's just like, "Oh, well, you know, he's out after 5 or 6 innings." It's like, "Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I guess it is what it is." <clears throat> But man, the the hitting has just been, it's just been so awful, so so awful. And I mean, we all know it. Like we 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 know it. We we watch the games. I mean, I think the most amount of runs we've had was the, uh, was the Sunday Kansas City. I think we scored. I think it was. Let me think. Let me check right quick. Not we scored nine runs, but other than that. We scored two runs. We scored two runs. We scored four and five against Chicago. We got shut out against Chicago. And yeah, so outside of the the weird game uh, opening week against the Kansas City, the opening weekend against Kansas City where we scored nine, we've only scored we scored five runs once, and four four runs twice, and you cannot have that. You can't have it. And again, I get it. It's early. And there's extended playoffs. So it, like, why does it matter? But, like I said, you have to set the tone for your season, your year. And you can't be giving up games that you should be winning. Not, again, not with the the great pitching that we've had. I mean, it just, it's just stupid, the, the wasted pitching it it's just man it's just frustrating to watch it's just frustrating because we all expect more from you know our hitters it's just it's that simple it i mean it really is you have Frankie Lindor you have 
J-Ram, you have Carlos Santana, you have Framil Reyes. Like, those guys are supposed to get on base and drive in runs. But your third best hitter via average is Bradley Zimmer, who basically made this team because of this this summer camp he had. Like, man, like, that is, that's tough. That That's a tough sell. And, you know, uh, the Shields will be back, I think, today or tomorrow. Um, but he's not a good hitter. I mean, statistically, he's one of the worst hitters in this era. There's a, uh, a Foolish Baseball video on YouTube. And he talks about, I think it's Foolish Baseball, and he talks about Jeff Mathis and how awful of a hitter he is, but the way he calls a game as a catcher and he frames pitches and everything is makes him super valuable. And there's a stat, and I think it's a, a OBS plus, where like zero is like an average player, and anything again, anything above zero is above average. Anything below zero is below average. Well, Jeff Mathis is so awful. He he's negative sixty when it comes to the OBS plus. I think it's I, I'm pretty sure it's that stat, and he's been negative like negative 60 below negative 60 I believe I think it was six times in his career I think so he's just completely awful and they had a list of players who've been negative 60 um multiple times in in their career Delano DeShields has been negative 60 twice in his career and it's only been He's only had like a five or six year career. So we can't rely on the Shields to be a a competent bat in this lineup. He plays good defense. He's fast. But he is not good at hitting. Which is weird because when he came up, he hit pretty solid. I think he hit like 260, 270. But when he became an everyday player, it's like a big yikes. And it was a huge, huge yikes. Which is, I mean, looking back on that trade for the the Indians and the Rangers, like, like man, that, you know, it, it seems like nobody run won that trade for this year, you know, the Shields, uh, he's not that great, but and and it's unfortunate that he got uh, COVID, and then you know Class A's you know done for the year because he got suspended in in spring training in the real first time spring training go around. And then Kluber, I mean, he hurt his shoulder after the first inning. And it's just like, gee, like, man. Like, that trade, big yikes for, I guess, everybody involved. Um, but, I mean, obviously there's hope for uh, Class A for next year. So, you know, you never know. But, man, like, do I wonder. I mean, I don't see it happening. I don't see them trading Francisco Lindor this year. But if they're just going to be like a, like a mediocre third place team that can't hit, like maybe they should start fielding some calls. Because I'm sure somebody, some team would, you know, like him for this year and next year. And especially, again, especially with the extended playoffs this year. 
But then again, I think that's why the Indians will will hold on to him. But I think it's a I think it's a interesting uh, kind of uh, discussion. And uh, but yeah, just this hitting. My goodness. And you know what else is weird? The amount of catchers interference this year. Like, I think two or three for the Indians. And I've maybe seen one in the past, like, two, three years for the Indians. But, like, th- like two or... I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, like, two or three. I know it's, I know it's at least two. But, like, that... I mean, that's crazy. Maybe, maybe because, you know, they're supposed to... They're actually being aware of, like, trying to keep your dis- distance as a catcher. And, you know, they're more aware of that call. But it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so. The Indians. Hitting. It's still terrible. They play one more game against the Reds tonight. Then they go, uh, they go to Chicago for the weekend. And then they're off Monday. They're off next Thursday. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, they have a two-game series against the Cubs. So that should be interesting. And the Cubs are, I mean, the Cubs and the Twins are, like, the hottest teams in baseball. I think they, they both have only two losses, which is, I mean, we, we all knew Minnesota was going to be good. Like, they got the pitching. They they definitely hit, definitely have the hitting. Um, but man, it just sucks because the Indians did the best that they could, you know. If you hold Minnesota to like three runs, three or four runs, like you gotta win those games. You have to. Because, because of the great pitching that you gave. And like really, like. Like they just shitted away an opportunity. They won game one, two to nothing, and then they I mean they just completely just shit the bed. Like again. They scored They scored a combined four runs in four games. Yep, you're not gonna win you're not gonna win a series when you score four runs. You're lucky you you're lucky Shane Bieber's so goddamn good. And you're lucky that Frankie Lindor hit a O two 2 fastball up to into the right field uh, concourse area in uh, in Minnesota. I mean, you lose four to one, you lose three to nothing, and you lose three to one against Minnesota, and then you and then you lose three to two against uh, Cincinnati on Monday. These bats need to wake up, or soon we're gonna have. Uh, we need to hit that panic button because man and i don't see i don't see where they can get help i mean tyler naquin coming back hopefully uh but i mean outside of the organization i mean who are they going to what kind of rental bats i i have no idea i have no clue and maybe i'll have a more in-depth list um, for next week's episode. Because I think the, the training deadline is... I don't know when it is, but I think it's it's coming up. I don't I, I don't think it's next week, but I think it's the week after. Um, but yeah, it is a... Uh, it's a big yikes. 
right now for the Indians offense. And, um, yeah. So, that was episode two of the Weekly Indians Recap on Crunch Time with Caitlin. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CaitlinNoCLE. That is Caitlin, K-A-T-E-L-I-N, knows K-N-O-W-S-C-L-E. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, subscribe wherever you, um, you know, listen to podcasts, uh, rate and review, all that fun stuff. And uh, I will see you in the next episode.